What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I'm Nathan Marzian, joined by Brandon Eckel. And let's see. First off, I want to say that right now, in case you're, you know, people might be tuning into this to get a distraction from the fact that the uh, Cubs are putting a beat down on the Brewers right now. <laughs> so I just wanted to put that out there. Yes, I'm still salty about the game yesterday. The Cubs should have won, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. Um, we got some free agency to talk about. We're going to discuss the Bucks' moves. Um, nothing crazy, obviously, has happened, but still worth discussing, you know, the decisions they've made and bringing everyone back. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to have our Tuesday Top 10, which we are doing Top 10 NBA players under 25. So it should be fun. And, yeah, let's get into it. So, obviously, free agency started last week. And the Bucks are basically electing to run it back. And they brought back every one of their free agents. War can still leave, but they did extend a qualifying offer to him. They brought back Bobby. They brought back Pat. They brought back West. They brought back Javon Carter. They brought back Thanasis. They brought back uh, Sergi Baca, which was kind of surprising. Everyone's back. And so... Um, I want to get your take on it. I kind of tweeted my thoughts on it multiple times. You had, a, in my opinion, you had a team that was one win away from beating the Eastern Conference champions, almost NBA champions, and you're adding Chris Middleton to that. You're adding Joe Ingles to that. And to me, that's good enough. And to, again, to me, you had a championship-level team. You had a team that if they were healthy, they're probably back in the finals. I don't think it's unreasonable to say that. Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I have no problem with them not making any big moves, not making any huge upgrades. Now they can still trade if they want to. They can potentially trade a, you know, they can trade all throughout, throughout the season too. It's not like the, this is the only time they can trade players, but who, who knows? Maybe they packaged Grayson and George Hill for someone to try to get another upgrade. But even if they don't, again, you get a team that if they're healthy, they could probably back in the finals. No reason to shake things up a ton. You add Joe Ingles, you draft Bochamp. I'm happy with it. Um, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm happy too. <clears throat> Very happy. Um, get our guys back. And it's kind of tough, I feel like. I don't know what you think, but to upgrade at this point because kind of have your, you know, main guys tied up now. And it's like, okay, you only guys maybe you're shopping really is like Grayson, George Hill, Wara. It's like, I don't know who you could really get for that. Maybe some team would take a chance, but um, I like the Joe Ingles signing. I'm glad we got all our guys back. Um, and yeah, like you said, we get Middleton back. Um, so um, I'm happy with this yeah. roster for sure. What did you, what did people expect them to do? They didn't right. have, unless you're making some crazy trade, trading Brooke Lopez, who there's only like two players I would even be comfortable trading Brooke Lopez for, which are, Mo Bamba and Miles Turner, by the way. But um, then it's like you're not going to trade Chris or Drew. And it's like besides that, you're like nothing's really good. Like you don't need to trade Pat, Bobby, any of those guys, Wes even. Like there's no reason to get rid of them. I don't know what people wanted them to do. It's like, you know, you got – you don't have cap space. You don't have a ton of tradable assets. No. Even coming into this, it's like, okay, they had the, the taxpayer mid-level exception, which was $6.4 million. 
and basically just vet minimum contracts, you know, that's pretty much all they had to give out unless they wanted to get rid of Bobby or Pat or someone like that, which why would you want to do that? So I'm like, keeping, keeping a championship team together, even though it's boring, like, and you're not making any huge moves, you're not making any huge upgrades. That's a win in itself. Like that is, you've got to keep the team together. Like they easily could have lost Bobby. They easily could have lost Pat, um, lost Wesley Matthews. And those are like, those are key guys. Like those are guys that had a big role on the team. And if you lose them, then you're left trying to replace them. And it's not a sure thing that you can. It's like, just keep your guys. Like, I, I don't know how this is seen as a bad thing. People act like we're not improving. I mean, again, you added Joe Ingles, who I, I wasn't a huge fan of the, I, I liked the signing. I didn't love that it was for the full taxpayer mid-level only because I liked Otto Porter, number one, but number two, just, it's a little bit risky. He hasn't, you know, he didn't, play much of last season he's coming off a torn acl he's going to be 35 wasn't great last season but in terms of what he can bring and what he consistently has brought like it's a fit he can handle the ball off the bench he can shoot hopefully the defense is good enough it kind of wasn't great last year but it was you know still okay he's always been kind of a, a at least tough defender a guy who plays hard on that end of the floor but that's a good i mean that's a good signing like that's yeah one of the guys I we, we talked about on our on our podcast, we, you know, I, we wanted him. Like we were, we, we said we'd be happy with him. You draft Beauchamp, which I'm happy they kept that pick. I'm happy they got someone young on the roster to kind of start to develop. Um, mm -hmm. what, like, what I, I just they made a couple nice moves. Everything else they just kept together, which again, keeping th things together isn't like a given. Like it's not just you don't go into offseason saying, oh, we're 100% bringing everyone back. Like, it's a win that you are able to do that. It should be something that people should be happy about and not just like, oh, we didn't do anything. It was boring and um, we didn't upgrade and other teams are getting better while we stay the same. We're also, again, like, do we need to get much better? I mean, you want to try to get better, but if you don't have the room to get a ton better, it's not the worst case in the world when you easily could have been the back-to-back -back champions if you're just healthy last season. I just... I get sick of seeing the, the P and I, and I'm the, the last person we, you, you know, me with the Packers and mm. I'm the last person to get complacent and like, just be like, Oh, well, they're good enough. Like I always want, I want more. I want, you know, to have the best team. I want to maximize everything. But to me, this is not broke. Don't fix it. You know, you get a couple guys, you patch things up a little bit, but keeping everyone together, I think was the best, the best move. Yeah. And I think maybe people forget a little bit. It's like, this was the second year with Giannis, Drew, and Chris. Obviously, the first year we won the championship. Second year, as we know, Chris goes down with the injury. So it's like you really didn't get to run it back, if you want to say. And going into, you know, the previous year, trading for Drew, um, trading for Grayson Allen, that, you know, that was a really good, like, offseason, re-signing Giannis. So people are just – really overlooking that and as you said we really don't have many tradable assets outside of like three or four guys that are like eh, i don't know what their trade value is and all of our picks are gone for the most part um other than this year's which as you said i'm happy we kept it so i'm uh i'm really happy with the roster and maybe we make a move before the year how are you you're on the trade most people are but you're on the trade george hill type the, the train um, I mean, yes, just because I mainly because I want to see Javon Carter play. Yeah, or I think he deserves, you know, the backup spot. So I that would be the only thing, you know, and it's like 
even some people are like, oh, why we re-sign Serge? It's like, it's just a backup option. Like, to have Serge Ibaka as, like, your 12th guy, like, it's... Yeah, the first thing you were going to sign, they were going to sign something back big, and it's like, the guy you're going to sign is not going to be any better than Serge Ibaka. Like, you're not going to go sign... I mean, all they had left were vet minimums. You're not going to go sign anyone special. Like, yeah, it, yeah. so... um, I do think a lot of the complaints just come from people not knowing exactly what they have to spend and thinking they can just go out there and like, oh, we can get Joe Ingles, Otto Porter, Gary Harris, and just fill our team with studs. And like, no, that that's just not how it works. Um, I'm still, yeah, I'm definitely on board with trading George Hill, packaging it with Grayson if we have to. I mean, you probably will have to, and all that. Like, I'm not saying don't make, you know, I'm not saying I'm anti any trade, but. Even if they don't, like I said, even if they don't, I'm fine with how this offseason has been. I'm kind of, I mean, we expected them to not do much and just run it back and everything. Um, and, and you can trade guys in the middle of the season, too, if you have to. Like, if if you have to trade, if you do that trade later, you can do it later. If you see that George Hill still isn't playing well and Grayson is struggling, okay, you can trade him later. And like, the value might go down a tiny bit, but it's not going to be anything drastic. Um it's not like those guys were like insane last season. Um, but, and also the George Hill hate, we kind of talked about it, but the George Hill hate is, uh, it's a little bit, uh, or not George Hill, the Grace Allen hate. Allen hate. I was going to talk a bit, that. A little bit over the top, where like the dude was a 41% three point yeah. shooter in the regular season. <laughs> he, was a, he was a 41% three point shooter in the playoffs. Yes, he sucked in the Boston series, but like, everyone's. Here, here's the thing the Boston series was half of the playoffs. If you're going to sit here and criticize him for the half of the playoffs he sucked, you also have to give him credit for the half of the playoffs he was amazing because he was amazing in the Bulls series. Like, it evened out to 41% from three. Like, as bad as he was in the second round is as good as he was in the first round. So people are just like, oh, well, ignore the Bulls series, and he was terrible. Well, that's half of the play. That was half of our playoffs. Like, that doesn't, you can't just ignore that. That's like me saying, oh, ignore the Boston series. Like, no. You don't yes. ignore either one. It's just, okay, like, he's going to have some bad games. He's a shooter. You're going to have bad moments. You're going to have good moments. You're going to have hot stretches, cold stretches. He was good for us last season. And, yeah, I mean, that's that's all. And you can't just, even if it was half playoffs, you can't just say, you can't just be like, oh, we got to get rid of him after one season, one playoff run, um, unless there is some crazy package. But, like, that's probably not going to happen. So, it's, I mean, he's played in big games dating back to, you know, Duke playing in the championship. I mean, obviously that's not ideal as a as a Badger fan to say that, but it's like just nobody could hit a shot for us in that Boston series three-point-wise, really, as you've gone through. So that's what's interesting, too, is Bobby wasn't good in that series. Pat wasn't good in that series, at least the end of the series. Pat was okay overall, but, like, Pat struggled in Game 7. Bobby struggled in the last few games. Wesley Matthews struggled. But, like, it all gets put on Grayson Allen and George Hill. Yeah. And, I mean, I get it. Bobby has Bobby and Pat have, like, earned a pass for, like, you know, they've been really good for us and stuff. I get that. But, like, people just completely ignore that. Like, other guys suck, too. Drew Holiday wasn't great either. I know he was asked to do more than he's expected to, yada, yada. But, like, everyone just kind of points to, like, George Hill and Grace Nellon, and that's it. And those guys ruined our seat. Like, no, it was a, it was a, it was a team meltdown. Yeah. From three, this was not just Grace Nellon sucking. It was a team effort to completely choke and ruin, especially Game Six, a great Giannis game. 
I'm still upset about it, but whatever. <sighs> we're, we're moving on. So, yeah, happy with the Bucks uh, off season so far. If you had to grade it, what would you? I'm. Or I'll let you grade it first. What would you grade it? I'd probably say, I don't know. I'd have to give it an A minus just because you kept the draft pick we wanted. You re-signed your guys. You really can't get much better. So it's like I have to pretty much give it an A because they're you like you said. How often do teams say we brought back all of our guys and playoff teams, championship contenders? That beat so. I'm also a minus because yeah, I mean the only thing that improves it is again if you like tr- can trade a George Hill and Grayson Allen and upgrade and whatever like then yes, but yeah, this is about as good as they could have realistically done. And Pat, you got back for cheaper than you could have. You know that that helped them out a little bit. So, mm-hmm. um, and I am happy they re-signed Javon Carter, especially like it shows yeah. that they're not just completely comfortable with. Okay, we're just going to go ahead with George Hill and like no, they. I think they see that you know okay, like Javon can have a role, and hopefully he has a bigger one next year. Um, especially when we get to the playoff time. All right, and then, and then I wanted to quickly talk about some of the other NBA uh, free agency stuff going on. So the Rudy Gobert trade, <laughs> what did you think of that? Cause I haven't really talked to you about that yet. I've kind of gone back and forth. I, I don't think it was a, a great trade from Minnesota at all, but I, part of me wants to say that they're getting a little too much heat now just because some of the picks are so far away, but it's also like those picks are so far away. They could end up being really good picks. They're unprotected. They gave up, you know, three role players from last year and their first round pick this year. Seems like a really steep price for a guy that's fallen off in the playoffs, hasn't won much with Donovan Mitchell, and isn't a great on ball defender, as good as he is as a defender, and offense can't shoot outside of the paint. Understand the trade. I think it's a good fit him with Cat. You got Anthony Edwards with them as well. Um, I mean, it, it solves their defensive rim protection issues and it solves their rebounding issues. I get it. Like it's, I would have been willing to pay a steep price for him if I was to Minnesota, but not that steep. Like yeah. you essentially get five first because Kess- Walker Kessler was a first round pick this year. So you essentially give up your first this year and then four others. That's a lot. And then you also give up Pat Bev. You gave up um, – I don't remember who else was included in the trade. Malik Beasley. A couple, Beasley, other, couple other guys. Vanderbilt. Yeah, Malik Beasley and Jared Vanderbilt. Like, that's a lot. And it's just – I look at it and say the chances of it being a disaster for the, for the Timberwolves I think are higher than the chances of them winning a championship from it. Yep. Are each possible? Yes. I think it's possible that in a couple of years, this really pans out for them. If Anthony Edwards becomes a stud, Carl Towns remains, you know, an elite player. Gobert is great defensively. It could pan out and you, you know, things break your way. It could pan out. But I have to say that I would guess the chance of it being the opposite end. If it had to be one of the two extremes, the, the, the disaster part is a little bit more likely to me where it doesn't work out great. You're kind of still stuck a you know a little bit. You're not you're not quite getting to the finals. You're not really a championship team, and you end up giving up five first to do that. Um, but I also understand Timberwolves haven't been good in a long time. 
they probably saw like I was listening to um, Zach Lowe's podcast, and they were talking about this. They probably we kind of saw it in like okay, getting Gobert can like kind of guarantee that you're around contention at least for like a while. And that's something this franchise does not have. Like they have not had that at all. Um, They, you know, they, I I don't remember exactly what their playoff history has been, but I think, I mean, it's like they have made it past the first round once in like 33 years. And so (laughs) to be like, they should be able to do that pretty consistently from now on, at least be around that, you know, range. So it's something that keeps the fans interested, like from the business side of it. I get that stuff, but I don't know. I, now, I don't know. It's just a lot to pay. If you're quick question before, I don't know if we're moving on or what, but if we if you're the Minnesota GM, are you keeping or trading Delo? Trading. I agree. I I think they're like a more efficient point guard away from kind of taking that step and cat just being tougher, which he kind of was last year, but that was also like a big part of Pat Bev. Like in like, I don't know. I, I really do think, you know, it was clear that he kind of toughened that team up instead of being soft. And now you trade him away. So I, I think you see teams trade role players for stars and it usually doesn't work out great. Um, so that's where I agree with you with it. it's got a better chance to bust than be like, oh, this is getting us to the finals. All right. That pretty much does it for our free agency talk. Other than I mean, do you have do you have any ideas on where where's what's your guess on where Kevin Durant goes? At this point, man, it seems like he's seems like he might stay. I, I think I'm there's thinking, a, I think Toronto. They're staying Toronto now. I I you know I've heard that a lot, like I don't know if Toronto wants to trade. Uh, like they said, Scotty Barnes and it would, maybe Yannis Obi. Like it would have to be them. Like you're not going to get him without without trading them, right? right? And, like, like who are you going to trade to get Kevin Durant if you're not giving up Scotty Barnes and you're you're two good young players? Like how would you get Kevin Durant otherwise? Um, I think they have a good package for him if they are willing to trade those guys. And it sounds like they have the kind of the. The, the front runners right now, that's what it sounds like. But. I'm trying to think who the other – oh, they said Siakam, but they're like, I don't think – you know, I don't know. I just – I don't know if I'd do that if I'm the Raptors. I I, I love KD, but – I'm doing it, dude. You're getting Kevin Durant. Well, I guess it depends who all you give up. Like, let's say – what if you have to give up Siakam, Barnes, and Gary Trent? Yes. Like, but who do you have left? Kevin Durant. But – the Brooklyn Nets just had Kevin Durant and Kyrie out there in the playoffs, and they get swept. Yeah, but I mean, I do think. I mean, now you have Kyrie was Vliet. bad in that series. He was, but now you have. It's like okay, so you have Van Vliet, you have Siakam and KD. I guess that's a pretty solid three. But who else is filling in there? I, I don't know. I three years of him and then maybe I don't know that just it's really tough it, I would have to see the trade package to be like yes or no because it's giving up a lot of young assets but at the end of the day it's KD it is time for Tuesday top 10 we're doing NBA players under the age of 25 um we have our lists mm-hmm. mine's probably better than Brandon's and I will <laughs> let you uh I'll let you start and number 10 I have a guy that slid down my list, Bam Adebayo. All right. 
Um, <laughs> do you have anything else to say, or are you just? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Like Brinks, defensively, pretty inconsistent on offense. Has showed flashes, but it's tough to put him again over some of these guys above him. Just I think they've shown more. Um, my number ten is a guy I like a lot. And he's kind of similar to a, a, a Bam out of bio type a little bit. Jared Allen, very good defensively. Um, 16 and 10 guy, you know, double-double guy. Again, similar to Bam. I think they're kind of interchangeable. And I just like both of those bigs in Cleveland with Mobley and Allen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his, his offense is, like, obviously a little bit limited. He's more of a traditional center in that sense, not a three-point shooter or anything. But – um still just with the defense and you know he's good enough on offense to to be a really nice player so i have him cracking the top 10 and i actually have bam number nine okay. um if i had to pick like who had, who has more potential of these two and like i think it's bam i think he's got a little bit more of an offensive skill set but um both of them are pretty similar in that they're they're probably going to be defensive player of the year candidates for you know several years and both are doubled. I mean, Bam's 19 and 10, Jared Allen's 16 and 10. Mm-hmm. Um, very fair. I do not have Jared Allen on my list. I'm just going to put that out there now, even though yeah. he was an honorable mention. Um, <laughs> at number nine, I have Mr. Pool Party, who had a coming out year. Wow. Um, I What? I over, you have him over Jared Allen? I, I don't like hopping on the train after one year, but – he is so freaking talented on offense. Now, defensively, maybe there's a case for like why he wouldn't be on the list, but I just see his offensive potential and I just see him taking even more strides next year. Um, yeah, and I, I like Jared Allen a lot, especially like his rim protection, like you said, brings it like 18 and 10 every night. But I got, I don't know, I'm, I'm taking him over him right now as a top overall. I don't player. like this. Hold on, hold on. Because I don't like him over Bam. I don't like him over Jared Allen. He is, and and I like Jordan Poole a lot, but he is, he's more of a product of the system than these guys are. If he's not with Golden State, he's not nearly the player he is. Whereas I think Jared Allen, I think Bam, you put them anywhere and they're close to what they are. They're better players than Jordan Poole, straight up. But Jordan Poole is in a better situation, situation, excuse me. So... That to me puts that. I don't know how you can have him over Bam and Jared Allen. I mean, I I do pretty much agree with you there because I I said to you during the year when we were talking about how good he was playing, I was like, you know, if he is on a different team, maybe his numbers are, you know, as good or maybe a little better, but his inefficient, her, his efficiency is wouldn't be there as much because, you know, they're targeting Clay, they're targeting Curry, obviously, Um, but. I don't know. He's he's really turned his offensive game up. Even if he is partially product of the system, maybe next year we'll we'll see that step. This is really tough too. There's a lot of a lot of good guys on this list. I mean, our number ten guys are very very good players. Um, and I like I like Jordan Poole a lot. So I, I'm not even going to argue too much. But I just think yeah, with the system and everything, it's hard for me to argue him over those guys. My number eight. Is Lamelo Ball might be a little <laughs> bit low, but again, there's just guys I like a little bit more. There's a lot of good players on this list. 
But LaMelo, obviously a fantastic passer, 27 and 7 last year, and he was very good from three, 39%. Um, he was a good shooter, you know, in high school and everything, and was kind of average his first year, but has become a good shooter. Need, need a little bit more help around him to maybe completely maximize him and like have him become a stud, but I like what I'm seeing so far. He's definitely one of the better young players in the NBA. So he is number eight for me. I have him in the same spot. I love watching him. Um, he, you know, just needs to clean it up a little bit. Sometimes he plays a little too fast, mm-hmm. but that's part of his persona and uh big time player, not scared of the moment. So I'm excited to see him continue to grow. All right. Give me your number seven. Number seven. I have Brandon Ingram. Wow. Low, low. Not low. I high man. I I don't think. No, he... I'm just kidding. He he he's someone who you can have in a variety. Again, there's so many good players on these lists. He's someone you can have. You could have him five. You could have him off the list. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's kind of a. I'm just want to pull up his stats real quick. It's kind of a. Um, what was he like? Twenty thing. Five a game. Yeah, 20... so he was twenty three a game this year. Um, but almost six assists also put up um, six rebounds, two and a half turnovers, shot only 33% from three, which wasn't good. But the previous two years, 38%, still only 24. He's been in the league for like six years now. Pretty crazy. But um, I don't know. I, I feel like he really started to take a step when, you know, I think having McCollum there helped. Um, and he's just learning a little bit more what it takes to win. One thing, and I will admit, he would be my number 11, but that's the one thing that I think I don't like is that he's already been in the league for six years. I don't know how much – like, that to me is – like not that he can't improve. He's still very good, but, like, it, it to me limits his ceiling a bit. Like, mm-hmm. I don't it, – it's hard to see guys taking a – huge jump in their eighth ninth year in the league um so that's that's part of the reason i don't have him on the list but he's still very good and again a lot of it's just because there's other guys i like more which speaking of one of them my number seven is anthony edwards i think he is going to be one of the better scorers should be a perennial 25 point per game score for you know a long time to come He's already up to like 22 points a game. It's only was his second year last year. And again, someone I think has more potential than Brandon Ingram. So I'll put him ahead of, you know, a guy like that. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I like Ant a lot. And I think that that team kind of goes as far as he's going to take them. You kind of know what Cat is at this point. Um, I, you know, same with Gobert. And it's going to really be up to Anthony Edwards. If he becomes a star, you know, borderline superstar, then yes, they have enough help around him to potentially win a title. If he's only good, then you're probably going to need another piece or two. Okay. I like this because my next guy is maybe, maybe you'll have him six. Um, But I think the top five are locked in whichever order you want. But my number six, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, I, I have. I'm just gonna say I have him six as well. Oh, you do. Okay. Yeah. Um. So, left Ant off this list. Probably should have had him ten. I had him eleven. I went back and forth. 
Um, I just want to see him next year really take the jump, like it being his team, um, but has been phenomenal. So I just want to say that quick. Shea, you know, maybe, you know, people might say, oh, his numbers are a little higher because, you know, he's been on a bad Thunder team, but he's been really good. Didn't shoot well from three last year, um, but shot better second half of the year after the All-Star break. 25, six and five-ish. Um, like his ceiling, continues to improve. I love Shea. I think having some nice players around him will even just make him better. Um as you said, the only you know his inconsistency from three he was really good the year before. I want to say he was like forty something percent, forty two percent on five a game. Yeah, and then he dropped to like thirty this year. That's the only thing is like a little bit inconsistency there, but I love him. I like the ceiling. I think you know it'll be fun to see him with some nice players around him for once. So, yeah, definitely excited for that. Um, all right, let's move into the top five. As you said, I think we will have at least the same five players in our top five. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a pretty nice – I mean, the order can change. But I'll start. My number five is Zion Williamson. And could be higher. He was – you know, he, he averaged 27 a game the last time we saw him play in 61 games, which that's a pretty big sample. It's just you haven't seen him play in a while. It's a little bit tough to like firmly say he's better than the other guys that I have ahead of him or that we're going to have, you know, in our top five. So that's one reason I have him five, but could easily, if he comes back and is a stud again, like you could move him up to two, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think a healthy, he's easily top three. Um, but so actually at five, I have Trey Young. Um, this might seem a little low, but I just, we've seen his inefficiencies now. We've seen his turnover proneness. We've seen his bad shot taking really wasn't good in the heat series. And I don't want to just be a recency bias, but you know, I, if I'm taking one of those guys, I think I'm taking Zion, even with the injuries so far. Um, well, healthy player wise. Um, so it's a combination of both, but, um, yeah, I'll get to I'll I'll get to Trey Young in a sec, but my number four is John ja Morant. I'm a little bit, I become a little bit, you know this. I've become a little bit of a John ja Morant hater, mm-hmm. just more more in the sense that like I don't like his antics, and I think he has become just a little bit overrated. Um, you know he can be inefficient at times, and I think the defense is really bad. Not that I mean Trey Young sucks at defense too, but I mean twenty-seven, six and seven last year, which is really nice. But and, and like I said, I think he's become a little bit overrated, but he's still a great player. Could easily be second on this list, maybe if you really like him. Um but I have him four. And then I'll just, you know, my number three is uh is Trey Young. As as uh, who you already mentioned, I like him. Just I mean, he's such a proven shooter, such a proven scorer. Like, there's nothing besides defense and even pass. So there's nothing besides defense that really I need to buy into with him. Like, it's just so proven at this point. Last year he was averaging 28 and basically 10 assists, 38 percent from three. With even with all the attention that he draws. Um, I mean, at this point, yeah, like I just, 
his offense is so such a sure thing and draws a lot of attention and all that that it's like I don't need to like like with Ja. Sure, Jaw's more like athletic and stuff like that, but I mean their defense is pretty equally bad, and Trey's is probably a little bit worse, but their defense is both pretty bad. Jaw's a way worse shooter than Trey Young, and probably just a worse score overall, like in a slightly worse passer. I just to me, Trey Young, there's more that I know he's good at. Yeah. Um Okay, so at four I have Zion. Partially like you said. Easily case could be made for top two-ish probably, um, but the health brings him down. And then at three, I have Ja. Um, just have his, I think his elite playmaking and just his explosiveness puts me, you know, him above Trey for me. Um, but I definitely get the reasoning for you having Trey above. Um, who do you want to go first then for number two? I think it might be pretty obvious, but... <laughs> Uh, Jaden Tate with my two. Exactly the same. Yep. And then Luca number one. Um, I mean, just I don't think there's much of an argument many people are gonna make about this. Like Luca's a top three to five player in the league, maybe even two if you want to go that far. Definitely like a superstar, you know, future face of the league. Even he's already like a face of the league, but um, you know potential MVP down the road and stuff, multi-time MVP. And Tatum's very good, but we've kind of – we've talked about this in at length in, in the finals and stuff. I don't think he's a superstar right now. I think he's just a star. Bordering – I mean, he's like a top-10 player, but he's, he's bordering on the superstar kind of range, but he's just not quite consistent enough, whereas Luca is like – he does it all the time. He is a consistent superstar. Um, he's just better than Jason Tatum. Like, I, I just don't think it's – much of a debate so um yeah I, I mean Luca number one Jason Tatum number two yeah Tatum big leaps this year defensively turning into kind of that two-way player but Luca just on another level right now I was gonna say I do like that Tatum and that's part of the reason like Tatum jumped some of these guys this year is he played much better defense I think one of the things about Tatum he's a little bit overrated in the mid-range I think he he's like got the bag and everything and he's nice and smooth, but he actually hasn't been that good for mid range or at least he wasn't last year. Um, he was around 37%, which like is just average. And so that's something that kind of has brought him down. Um, his three pointers were better, like, especially in the playoffs, like he was really good from three, but not really good from two. But yeah, overall, I'd say just that the defense Combined with, you know, he's going to be a really good scorer for, for a long time. So mm-hmm. Tatum is definitely a really nice player. And, and like I said, maybe coming into this season, I would have had him below Trey Young, um, maybe Ja, maybe Zion. But, like, now it's, I think, you know, the, the playoff run and what he did this season, I'm definitely a little more comfortable having a number two. Um, so, yeah. All right. Is it chat? Right. What's the chat saying? Anybody? Not no, like, there there wasn't there's not wasn't that many people in the chat today. Someone people were saying stuff earlier, but um, all right, that does it for this episode. Kept it pretty short today. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll have more on you know other NBA news as it comes in. Another Tuesday top ten next week. Then we got, let's see, like a month and a half Packers stuff coming up. Um, But, yeah, 
So we'll have stuff for you guys. Thank you for tuning in, and we will catch you on the next episode. Go Cubs also. Go Brewers. Peace out.